Hi everyone, my name is Amber. And I'm Kayla. And you just walked in to a Best Buds party. You got your 10 seconds? Uh, 10 seconds. Um, work has been really stressful and it's kept me busy all day. I've uh, been working really hard at my full-time job. That's my boring 10 seconds. My mundane 10 seconds. What about you, Amber? We had Buffalo Wild Wings again. Really? It's banging. Before we had it the other night, I hadn't had it for like like a long time ago. I had it one time and that was it. I thought I hated Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, the cauliflower bites. Yeah. The buffalo chicken tater tots are really good. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Banging. You hung up your plants. Those looked really pretty. <gasps> I did. Yeah. I had those really cute hanging plant thingies where you put your plants in the little macrame hanger. Yeah. They looked really nice. I saw you had like a whole bar. Was that there before or did no. I? Okay. So you put the whole bar up. I put that up today. Nice. Okay. And you had them all hanging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They looked really cute. Super cute. Very cute. Very artistic, honey. All right. Well, let's get started. Yeah, let's do it because we have a lot to talk about. We finally finished the book and it was really good. Mm. We'll get into our, our final thoughts. Our Jerry's final thoughts. Amber and Kayla's final thoughts. So let's just start with like overall, like the overall questions about the book. Okay. What were your thoughts about this book? Just general thoughts. Overall, I thought the book was really good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was well written. Um, it kept me really engaged. Um, every time that we finished a section and started up a new one, I was really excited to read. I was basically, I felt desperate to kind of finish the book because it was really good desperate desperate i was desperate it just feels like a, a broad question i don't know what yeah to say. Th- that was a good answer okay All right, I, that one. was a great answer thank you i also i enjoyed the book yeah i enjoyed it i was not crazy about quite a few things the ending mm, not yeah. a fan yeah i wasn't i we'll talk about that but mm-hmm. overall book was really good do you think the book is like overrated or underrated i don't think so i can't recall that i've read a book like this before so i don't Mm -hmm. think so um well i mean this can be a a completely unique plot that doesn't mean that just because it's one of a kind means that it's it deserves all the hype that it gets do you think that it's overrated in that sense i don't think so i thought it was pretty good i think it was overrated how I so? think I just think the hype that it got was just a little too much. Really? I keep seeing people's review of it and they're rating it like one million out of ten and then a thousand out of ten. And it seems to be very consistent across the board. Yeah. I thought it was a very good storyline. I thought the plot was very unique. I did enjoy the book a lot. I just I don't know. To each his own. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite part of the book? My favorite part was when Addie discovers that through Henry, she can finally leave a mark and when they start to fill out the notebooks with her story. I thought that was really good. Yeah, I did like the notebooks. It was really sweet that Henry offered to do that for her. So I'll tell you what my favorite part was. My favorite part was probably an unpopular opinion toward the beginning of her journey, whenever she started her whole deal journey, whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I liked watching her figuring out the rules of the curse. I know it sounds weird, but I particularly liked when she figured out that she can poison men and steal their things. Yeah. I thought that was very clever that she figured out that she can't poison them, but they can drink the wine that she has poisoned because then that would be out of their own free will that they're pouring their own drink and it's not actually Addie doing it. They're poisoning themselves, even though they don't really know what's in there. Right. I liked when she met Remy. I thought that whole thing was kind of like an uplifter. She had all these terrible experiences and then she met Remy at a point where she was pretty much just getting better. Like she was getting way better at everything that she was doing. She figured out that she can pretty much do whatever she wants if she was a man. So that was another little trick that she figured out, even though that wasn't like a a trick of her curse. It was a trick of the time. So she wasn't just hacking her deal. She was hacking the time period. So then what would you say was the scene that stuck with you the most? The scene that stuck with me the most, I think, was kind of finding out all the details of this relationship that happened between Addie and Luke. I know that in their past episodes, we had kind of speculated based off of you know, what was written in the book, but we got all of the nitty gritty details of what happened between them and why they ended up together and then why they weren't together at current 2014. So that really stuck with me. Yeah, I did think that was crazy. Remember in like the last episode, I think we were talking about, oh, what what's this, uh, this sort of thing that they're alluding to. Right. And I was like, I think, I definitely think that they had some some relations right it just doesn't even make sense because in this parts five six and seven we get the details about their relationship and there's actually a part where luke shows her his almost like his true form when he's taking beethoven's soul oh yeah and she's literally repulsed and scared and it was just a whole eye-opening experience her seeing him like that so from going from that to kind of turning around and being like, I miss him so much. I, I think about you all the time. It just didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Wild. Yeah, it was it was like a wild turn of events. Addie, girl, come on. You could have done better for sure. We start this part. I'm not going to talk about the art because obviously the art gets talked about throughout the, the whole section anyway. Um, so we begin the next section where Addie goes back home to Vion. And it's 1764, and she finds out that her father has passed away, and he actually passed away the year that she left. And then she also found that Estelle passed away about five years later. And I think that kind of hurt her more than seeing her mom. When she found out that Estelle had died and she was buried in the same cemetery plot as everybody else, I think it made her sad because Estelle was very clear about how she wanted to be buried under a tree and just become one with the earth again. And because she didn't have anybody and because Addie wasn't there, Estelle wasn't wasn't given that option when she died. Right, because no one was there to kind of honor her wishes and such. Right. So when Addie came back, she planted that tree. And I thought that was very sweet. And I think it was very symbolic because... So she can move things and she can pick up things and she can take things and she can steal them. But you know that she can't break things, right? Right. But she's planting this tree that she got from the edge of the forest. And this tree eventually became this huge tree and it transformed and it was all because of Addie. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was, like you said, symbolic because she's really honoring the person who really shaped who she is. She really did a good job in making sure that she kind of honored 
what Estelle wanted. And it is cool that this is another way that she leaves her mark is by planting this tree that's going to last for hundreds of years if taken care of. And then we also see a lot of back and forth with the ring. And we're seeing a lot of, a lot of Luke interactions throughout the years. Most importantly, we discovered that the ring was eventually given back to Addie. So she didn't have this ring from the very beginning. She actually received it from Luke at some point, And he told her that it was a talisman. So our my prediction from the last episode was correct. That it was a talisman of some sort. And the talisman was a way for her to call Luke to her. Because through their interactions, it gets to a point where this like cat and mouse game becomes like a Tom and Jerry sort of situation. Where they're not really chasing each other and like trying to hurt each other. It's just a, a game. From what I read, it, it didn't start off as a talisman. This is what Addie offers up to Luke or offers up to the old gods, I should say, when she starts to pray. And he makes this into something that will call him forward but he tells her that the ring was just a ring and that it really didn't have a ton of significance to him but she didn't have it all these years right right yeah she didn't have it until he gives it back to her. right until he gives it back to her and she says to him kind of like in a playful way like oh you can just show up whenever you like i can't call you to me right and he's like okay well let me let me give you something and i'm gonna give you this ring back and uh, this ring's gonna have these powers and you're gonna be able to call on me And I think that's kind of where that relationship begins because it gives Addie power to call him, right? right? And then they turn that into a game like who can wait the longest? Like who will fold first and call the other one? Right. Well, in this uh, last sections of the book as well, we see a lot of Addie and Henry still spending a lot of time together, spending a lot of time with his friends. Addie mentions she has to meet several times. It bothers Henry more than it bothers Addie. But she, she's spending a lot of time with him and they're really developing their relationship and they seem to be on a really good path. I think both of them really needed the relationship and so it's working out really well, thankfully. I think their relationship is very normal and healthy and I'm sure that that's exactly what Addie's been craving this whole time is just something that she can call normal and Henry is super normal. Like when Luke asks her like what's so great about him, she's like, oh, he's kind, he's funny and... And all these things. And they're thoughtful. They're very mundane things. Right. Like he's not this spectacular person, but he's exactly what Addie can't have or couldn't have all these years. And so I think she found that part of him the most attractive part. They even get to the point where they bring book home. So I think that's really cute. Aww. They have their own little fur baby. Yeah. They brought home book. It was time. It was time for book to have a home. And he found it with Addie and Henry. So book had old bones. They're like living almost like a couple that's been together for a long time like they're already living together they have a pet now and they're like i said they're just really enjoying their mundane life henry's working at the bookstore i think that there's a push from henry henry knows that he's got very limited time and Addie, who's never had some relationship like this is just eager to get into it and like you know play the part Right. Right. Even though she kind of made it clear that she wasn't sure if she loved him, I think she was more so in love with the idea of having this sort of relationship. So I think that's why she was moving fast. And then we find out that Henry only has a year to live. So obviously that's his motivation for wanting to move very quickly in a relationship. Right. Um, and then the whole relationship with Addie and Luke, that's just getting wild, real wild. 
basically at every at every opportunity if there's even just the smallest detail that reminds her of something with Luke she's thinking about it so we finally get to find out that you know they keep spending their anniversaries together and it eventually gets to a point where they are at a speakeasy in Chicago and they're dancing and they end up hooking up and it just basically starts this whole almost like 15 year relationship between the two of them. I mean, that's a long time. And she even talks about how it went from like years of them seeing each other to weeks. And they even like stay in New Orleans together and he gives her a house that she can live in so she can kind of have stuff which she's never had before. So, I mean, this is basically a full fledged relationship between the two of them. Back to Addie and Henry. Mm-hmm. Henry tries to take a picture of Addie. Obviously, that doesn't work out. She knows that. And she even says, like, a little part of her hopes each time, but she knows that it's not going to happen. They figure out how she can take a picture because she can't take a picture of anything. Right. And he can't take a picture of her because then that would be a way for somebody to remember her. But he figures out that he can hold her hand and she can take a picture. And I thought that was really cute. And they take a picture of her feet only. Like, why didn't she take a picture of a bunch of stuff? Who knows? Maybe they did and it just wasn't written down in the book. Right, maybe. I'm going to think that that did happen. Yeah, for sure. And then there was a part where Luke literally says to Addie, you're not human. And she's like, I'm a human. And he's like, "Mm, no. Yeah, you haven't been human since basically the day that your curse started. Mm -hmm. Obviously, she is a human being. It's not like she's a vampire or an alien or, you know what I mean? She's still human, but she doesn't have the same qualities that a human being does. You know, she can't have a real relationship. She can't get married or have children or or do any of those things. And so in that aspect, she is not human. But it was crazy that Luke had to be the first one to point it out. And it's not something that Addie kind of gradually realized over time. Henry and Addie are just... Like I said, they're just living, like, a very mundane, very normal relationship life. You know, they're going through things somewhat quickly. But, I mean, you think about it, four or five months into a relationship, you can be really close with somebody. Right. And, you know, they're doing all these things together. They're going to shows. They even have their first fight. And Addie kind of, like, because she's never actually had a close relationship with somebody, I don't think that she's had a lot of fights in her life. So she didn't really know how to react. She's like, oh, well, this is over. And Henry's like, hey. He's like, hey, girl. We're not over. We're not over. We're not over over Toby Marsh, okay? And the whole Addie-Robbie relationship, I thought it was very interesting how Addie started to learn Robbie's mannerisms and Robbie's reactions, and she was able to, like, win him over. She got to a point where she knew exactly what she needed to say to get his approval because, obviously, he's not an approving person. Right. Because of Henry's curse, he still thinks he's in love with Henry. Yeah, I think Addie mainly does that for Henry. Right. Because she knows how hard and confusing it must be to have to like consistently introduce her to his friends and so i think just to make his life a a tad bit easier and then we get to a part where after all these interactions with luke addy eventually finds this like little cabin and luke comes and he's like why are you trying to live like estelle come with me i can you know let's let's do this right let's start the new year right and this is where she realizes when he shows up in the middle of winter that luke is able to show himself at any point it's not just on the anniversary right did you really think that this all-powerful god who was able to curse you 
has these restrictions, like silly restrictions that he can't see you unless it's your end of right. one year he anniversary. Right, he can only see you one time a year, July 29th. This is when Addie actually builds up the courage to say no to him because she, at a point, when Luke shows up, he's like, come with me, stroll with me, let's go do this, let's go do that. And he zaps her into these like crazy places and she didn't want to go to those places, but she goes because she, what, is she, what else does she know, right? Luke is the only person that she knows in life. Right. So she goes with him, and this is the first time that she musters up the courage to be like, no, not today. Not today, Satan. Right, and then he just is like, okay. And then he just, like, sits down at her table like they're just hanging out and they're the best of friends. And I kind of imagine when he pulls her into this, what she kind of describes as, like, darkness, where he's moving her around to different places, I kind of imagine it, like, in Harry Potter when they throw the powder into the fireplace and they have to like say where they want to go oh okay as they're going they kind of you can see them kind of be like pulled apart and stuff from what i've seen in harry potter i could see why she wouldn't like that because it just seems like it'd be <laughs> I, really disorienting i know what you mean yeah. i know what you're saying i've seen the movies i know we've all seen the movies. we've all seen the movies um and then back to beyond in 1914 so it's 200 years since Addie has left Vion, since her curse and everything. And over the years, she's gone back a couple of times and she's seen things change. The last time she went and she put the tree on Estelle's grave, she also saw Isabel's grave and Isabel had died along with her daughter in like a winter or something like that. She sees Roger's grave. And she also sees people who are alive, like Roger's older sons. So she sees people that she recognizes, and she sees some other people throughout the town. But then as time goes on, she starts to see the town change, and then her father's workshop becomes nothing. And where she used to see one house, there's now two houses. Where there used to be a big open field, there's now things there. And there's only small remnants of what it was when she was there. And so then when she comes back in 1914, there's no remnants of anything. The only thing that is the same is the church. And I think that's kind of significant. The fact that the church is the center of this town, and this is one of those things that just doesn't change. This is where she um, goes to visit Estelle's grave, and she sees that the tree has been taken down. And at first, she thinks that someone's done this because or, or luke specifically has done this because he ends up appearing to her he tells her that he's sorry and it's kind of the first time that he's showing any sympathy towards human her emotion. That, right any human emotion and sympathy towards her she's instantly on the attack like did you do this why would you do this and he's like hey it wasn't me and then she inspects further and she actually realized that the tree at some point had been taken down by lightning. But this is the so significant because it's the first time that like Luke is kind of caring about her because she's so upset and he can see and understand why she's so upset. Um, and then back in 2014, it is now the anniversary of Addie's curse. July 29th, 2014. And she's with Henry and she's super nervous. She's telling henry like i don't want you to be here when he shows up she thinks that but then she also thinks well he hasn't shown up in so many years why would he show up now but i just think that she has this feeling because it seems significant right where she's at in life her situation 
She's found Henry. She really doesn't want Luke to show up and see that she's with Henry because she doesn't want him to take that away from her because she just assumes at this point that he doesn't know. Right. Even though I, I don't know why. Right. right. Very silly because he's told her that he's always there and essentially always watching even though he's not interacting with her. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure that he knows because he's not a dumb entity. <laughs> <laughs> so on her anniversary, Henry is trying to kind of like bring something positive back to it. He had a couple of donuts with some candles in it. And he was like, happy birthday. And he's like, I don't know what you're supposed to call this when your girlfriend's, you know, 300 years 300, old. 300, right. He actually celebrated his birthday and he was like, hey, when's your birthday? And she's like, oh, it's in March. And he felt really bad. He's like, I missed your birthday. And she's like, it's okay. You, you get a birthday every year. And I was thinking to myself, like, why is he upset? Like, it's not, you guys weren't together. You, like, barely knew each other. Right. He's upset because that's it. He's right. missed the birthday and it's done and he won't be able to celebrate a birthday with I think, Addie. I think that's why he's trying to turn this, like, day of her anniversary into her like, birthday. Yeah, like a birthday celebration. I thought that was sweet. I think this whole part is sweet because Henry knows just from what Addie's told him, she hasn't given him all the details because she feels like she's not at that point in her story yet, but she's given him enough information to know that she does see Luke around the time of their anniversary. And I think Henry being the really sweet boyfriend that he is really goes out of his way to make Addie feel comfortable. They do have like a wonderful night. You know, they go out. They go to get drinks and everything. Then eventually when they go out, uh, he wants to get a drink and he orders drinks and the waitress comes back with a champagne and whatever the other drink was that they ordered. And he's like, what is this? We didn't order this. Sure enough, it's the drink that Luke typically gets for Addie when he shows up. He gets her a champagne with a candied rose inside of it. And this is where Luke derails her whole night. Right. He basically freezes everyone in the bar except her and Henry and himself. And this is where he kind of bursts the bubble on this relationship and... Throws Henry under the bus. Right, and throwing Henry under the bus by saying like, oh, lifetime? Nah, my dude, you, you've you got one year. At this point, Addie hadn't known that. She's going based off of what Henry's told her, which was his curse was going to last a lifetime. So here she's the whole time been thinking I have a long time to live and be with this person and now she doesn't. I actually, I wonder what god he would like correspond to. Is there like a god of chaos? There is, but he says there's different parts in the book where they talk about different wars going on. War in Paris and the world wars and stuff. And he says that he's not someone who likes war. Right, true. I feel like he'd be like Loki. Because he's like a trickster. Um, yeah, he's like really tricksy. I don't know that he'd be the god of chaos, but I don't know. So back on track, Luke shows up, ruins the whole night, causes this chaos. And he's like, oh, Henry told you a lifetime? Well, you know, humans do sometimes have short lives. And then Addie's like, Henry, explain yourself. And so this is where Henry retells the story that he initially told her. He left out those details about he initially said that he was outside of the building and that's when the stranger showed up. But the truth was when he was in his the state of mind that he was in, he actually went up to the roof of his building and it appears that he was about to jump off the roof when Luke showed up and was like, hey, do you want to like make a deal? 
Yeah. He says, and that's where the stranger finds him. That is where the darkness makes an offer. Not for a lifetime, for a single year. So Addie was clearly upset with Henry because he didn't tell her any of this. And they've just been living their little mundane lives, doing random things, having naps in the middle of the day and and just lounging around and just being in each other's presence. And she's like, why didn't you tell me? And he said, well, I didn't want you to start living like I was already dead. He said, that's what happened when I had an uncle who, you know, was diagnosed with cancer. Everyone started treating him like he was already dead. And I didn't want that. And I got that. Like when I when he said that, I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Right. I don't want people to start treating me like I'm already on my deathbed. I want to live the little bit of life that I have left. Yeah, I think it would have for sure been a bias on Mm -hmm. Addie's part if she knew that he had an expiration date and i don't know maybe like she wouldn't have even bothered with it because it's like oh well he's gonna go anyways so is this even worth having a relationship with him henry actually tells her when she's all upset she's like why would you do that why would you give up so so much of your life just for a year why would you do that and he said i would have given it for less which is wild Really kind of shows the yeah. state of mind that Henry was in. To us, a year is nothing. But to Henry, I mean, that one year, like you said, he was already on the verge of letting it all go. So what's one more year? And of course, Luke, being the person that he is, is totally fine with just, you know, taking this person's soul. And that's the thing about Luke is that he's definitely not human because he doesn't value human life. And know that humans are worth more than just their soul. Like, his soul is just going to be taken away. And that would have been the end of him. And there would have been no book and no future for Henry. Mm -hmm. Luke is a mean guy. He's a big old meanie. He's a big meanie. After Henry reveals the truth to Addie, she's like, how much time you got left? He's like, 36 days. And then she's like, it's after midnight. He's like, oh. Then 35. That's just so sad. It was sad. But Addie's like, no, I'm not going to let this happen. And she decides to call on Luke to make a deal with him Mm -hmm. for Henry's life. They agreed to meet the next day to spend their anniversary together. And this is only supposed to be one night. And we find out it's actually a whole week. Actually, before we get there, we go back in time to France in 1944 in occupied France. And this is where we see that Addie gets locked up and she can't get out because she realized that being forgotten doesn't mean that you're invisible. So she puts on the ring, she calls Luke, and he shows up, but she doesn't want to ask him to help. So she holds out and she's like, I'd rather just die. Like, I'd I'd rather just be a ghost. Luke just opens the door for her anyway and lets her out. Right. I feel like he's just trying to prove to her that he has these, like, human emotions, but he doesn't really know what it's like to be a human. A little further into the future, 1952, California, Addie is kind of seeing this guy, Max, and obviously he can't remember her, so she's meeting him every single day, and she's been dating him for two months. Luke has to show up, right? Whenever there's something good happening, it always seems to happen, like, either on their anniversary or whenever, but this time it's April 7th, so he just shows up whenever he wants now. And she's out on the on a date with this guy, and Luke shows up, and he's like, hey, come along with me. And she's like, well, I'm on a date right now. He's like, I can, I can show you a better time. So she abandons her date. Well, she doesn't abandon. Um, Luke 
like kind of mind controls him and basically sends him away. True. Right. That is true. This is when he takes her to the speakeasy. Right. He takes her to the speakeasy and we see none other than Frank Sinatra, mm-hmm. who also made a deal with the devil and is going to eventually give up his soul. Frank Sinatra is really good. So Frank Sinatra is so good that it convinces Addie to have sex with a demon. With a with a entity. A darkness. With a darkness, right. And and like likes it as well because then literally the next day when he's like, Oh, I have to go mm-hmm. like, you know, it's midnight and I'm gonna turn back into a pumpkin basically. <laughs> um, and she gets up and closes the curtains to block out the light because it's dawn and she's like, No, you don't have to go, you can stay now. Right. I'm yeah, like, he's Girl. like He's like, yeah, it's, it, you know, I, I don't do day. I Right. I have to go where the darkness is. And, and she's like, and let me get that for makes you. The room. Oh, I was like, Addie. Addie. Please. You're too desperate. You are driving me insane. But this is where we see then um, this whole relationship begin between Addie and Luke. It goes from California years. to Chicago to New Orleans where they're almost like not I don't want to say living together but he gets her a house that she lives in he refers to it as home I mean this is a full-fledged relationship between the two of them and their relationship spans between 1952 and 1968 just doing it and all the time living the life and she sets these parameters for herself like you're not gonna fall asleep next to him you're not gonna linger in his arms you're not going to feel anything but his lips on your skin. She keeps telling herself that, but she slips because she's being fooled. He's fooling her. And I knew it. I knew it. I was like, there's no way. There's no way that he's just becoming human and he's really in love with her. This is the long con. Has to be. She says to herself, this isn't love. She's not saying it like she's like observing that. She's saying that because almost like she's trying to convince herself, this isn't love, this isn't love, this isn't love, it's just sex. But it's hard. It's hard for her to just differentiate that. And then back in the present, we were talking about how Addie made a arrangement with Luke to talk to him about possibly helping Henry. And he takes her out to dinner and they reminisce about certain things in New Orleans when he bought her that home yeah that whole section about new orleans starts with him saying that he loves her and in the future he's trying to say like i love you like you know and she's like well if you love me then let me go right because now he is not going to just like let her relinquish his soul Mm -hmm. which is so funny because the entire book basically he's like surrender give me your soul and now when their relationship started, he was basically like, I I never want to let you go. Like, I'm intoxicated mm-hmm. by you. And so now you don't have an option to surrender your soul because I'm not going to let you do that. Well, yeah, he uses the word surrender. And that's what triggers her, right? So she's like, if you love me, then you should just let me go. And he's like, well, I'm not holding you here. And she's like, then set me free. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you're holding me back because of this curse. So right. set me free. He's like, I can't break the deal. But maybe I can bend I it. I can bend it, alter it. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's like, oh? And he said, all you have to do is surrender. And she's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. That's when she realizes. Surrender? Well, that's when she thinks that he's he's been doing this for the long con of hurting her. Yeah. Well, she says, 
it wasn't love, was it? It wasn't even kindness. It was just another game. And then she started to, like, kind of doubt herself. She was like, oh, am I just, like, going crazy right now? But then she said, it's over. Because he, the hurt falls from his face. And he starts to smile. And he's like, and what a tiresome game it's been. So he confirms it. He confirms that it's a game. But I do agree. I agree with you that I think he, I think he had whatever he thought was love for Addie. Right. Whatever he thinks that is. Which is, you got to think. Like you said, this is like Stockholm Syndrome. What are like kidnappers who are holding someone hostage to that person? They're a monster, but they think that they're doing nice things for that person, right? Right. And so that's kind of like where their whole relationship thing just kind of falls off. She burns the house on Bourbon Street. I actually thought that was kind of interesting because I want to look up that date, May 1st, 1984, and see if there was actually a fire. Right. And then... And then as Addie's talking to Luke present day, Luke reveals to her like, oh, you think you just found each other? You think I'm dumb? Oh, no, honey. This was planned. I planned this. This was my whole plan all along. And again, the long con comes out. I thought that part was crazy when he revealed that because this whole time we've been thinking this is just some loophole that Addie's found. And here the whole time Luke's known about Henry I mean, how convenient that Addie loves books, Henry works at a bookstore. Right. And that their curses complement one another. Mm-hmm. Here's he Addie who wants to be remembered, and here's Henry who wants to be loved and be seen. Another way of manipulating Addie because he wants to be kind of like the fallback. Like, he knows that this relationship isn't going to work, and it's going to end eventually. And when Addie has nobody again, like absolutely no one, who is she going to turn to? She's going to come right back Who's she going to gonna call? Right. She's going to call Luke. Call Luke. <laughs> her whole date with Luke comes to an end, zips her to Central Park. He comes in and he's like, you know, when all that's over, it's going to only be me. After standing there for so long, she walks back to Henry's house. She realizes what date it is and she realizes that seven days have passed. And it didn't seem like seven days for her, but somehow Luke manipulated time and space and it's been seven days henry thought that Addie was never coming back and at that point he's like please just stay you can't try to fix this it's not gonna work and so they do they spend their time together over the next month or the next couple of weeks you know they're they're making their preparations and everything and then it comes down to Henry saying his goodbyes, but not really saying his goodbyes because he doesn't want to tell them that he's going to be dying because how do you explain that? Right. How do you explain that you made a deal with the devil and you, you're not going to live anymore? So he makes his own mental goodbyes. He goes and sees his friends again. He chooses not to see his family again, which I thought that was a little interesting. He wasn't very close to his family, right? He only became close after the curse, and I think he started to realize that, that the people who were always there was B and Robbie. It was now time for him. The time was ticking down. He was trying to live as much in the moment as he could. And he decided that he was going to go back to the scene of the crime. Back to where it all began because he thought that felt right. That's where it all started. That's where he's going to end it. He goes back there and he's not listening. And Addie's like, he said you would listen. And he's like, what? And she's like, she's like, I haven't told you how it ends. And it's like, what does that mean? And I think by that 
that term or by that sentence what she means is like i haven't told you how my story ends right because they've been writing these these stories of her life right they've got six notebooks of her life and she's like i haven't told you the end of the story yet what he's like visibly confused he's, he's like, like what are you um, talking about my time just literally like the time on my watch is literally just stopped and you're talking about your dang story right now like what the heck's happening so it appears that three nights before Addie had actually gotten out of bed and this had woken henry up but he didn't really think anything of it we come to find out that Addie actually she leaves the house and actually goes to the bar to have a drink a shot of tequila and she puts the ring on and Luke appears to her. And this is where we find out that she was able to renegotiate her curse, bend the deal, and give Henry his life back, basically. Right, because she knew throughout the entire book, she was saying like to herself, I can't tell him, I can't reveal this because I don't want him to use it against me. But unfortunately, he, Luke has told Addie so much that she's able to use that against him. Right? He's saying that, I want you. At one point, she said, why do you want me? And he's like, oh, no, Addie, I don't want you. I need you. Right. And that's just like, that's like fuel for the troll. So she's like, okay, I can use this. I can use this to my advantage. He says he needs me. And he can't force me to do anything. He revealed that, that he can't force the people that are giving up their soul to him. He can't force them to do anything. So everything that they'd have to do would be have would have to be out of their own free will so when he says that he needs her the only way that he can actually get her is if she offers up herself right so she has a huge advantage here she has the so much leverage so this is where she tells luke like listen you can have me whatever that really means i don't really know what that means but you can have me but you have to make sure that you have to let henry go Right. You can't take his soul. You have to let him live his life, but you have to make sure that he remembers me. Because he wakes up the next day, and it's almost like he forgot the whole night before. Like, he's not thinking about it when he woke up. I guess, what what do you really think about when you wake up? I don't think you're thinking about the night before. But he wakes up, and he's like, oh, where's Addie? And then he's like, oh, wait a minute. Was that real? He realizes that everything that happened was real. He, like, runs to find those Polaroids that he took of her, find the notebooks that he put her story in, and thankfully it's all still there. And he just starts to wonder, like, like where is she? What happened to her? Is she okay? Um, but I think he kind of has a sense that she isn't coming back. Did you think that he was going to remember Addie, but maybe not remember their relationship? I kind of thought that, like, for a very brief moment when that happened. No, I figured if if she was going to have Luke have Henry remember her, that he would remember kind of everything. Because I feel like if he didn't remember their relationship, but maybe re remembered meeting her and passing or something, mm -hmm. his life wouldn't really be any different. I feel like Addie really shaped him and really changed the way he looks at everything. Mm -hmm. And that that's so pivotal in his character development. So then we fast forward about six more months and Henry has written a book called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. That sounds familiar. Wow. <sighs> Where have I so heard that clever. book title before? And B comes in and she's like, what the heck? How does it end? And Henry can't really write an ending because he doesn't really know. He doesn't know what happened to Addie because she's gone. She's, she's gone. She belongs she's, to Luke now. Right. She's never come back. 
he says that any ending he puts to this book will be fictional because mm-hmm. he really doesn't know how Addie's story is going to end. But everyone already thinks that this is a fictional book because right. B is doing this research still on this mysterious girl from all these like art art pieces. Right. So it's it seems like Henry's making a fic, a fictional book based off of this mysterious girl. And B still B doesn't think that this is real, right? She's doesn't ever remember meeting Addie. Right. And he can't be like, "Hey, you actually met her. That would be really weird." B asks him if he's going to publish it and he thinks, "Yeah, I think I will." And he eventually does publish it, but he decides that he's not going to put his name on the book because it's not his story. Right. He wants to make sure that only Addie's name is on there because that's her story. It was written by Addie, even though he had the pen and paper. It was her story, and he wanted to make sure that she got all the credit. And then when we fast forward to 2016, there are people talking about the book, saying how it's super modern, and it's it's really cool that the author didn't put their name on there. And then it's probably like a PR stunt. Yeah, that is a PR stunt, but it's really just Henry being super genuine. Because like you said, Henry doesn't really want to take away from Addie and, and put any of the attention on him. He wants her story to be out there for others to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was so cute was that he dedicated the book, obviously, to her. And all it says is, I remember you. And this mm-hmm. is him confirming and, and basically telling Addie, hey, I'm okay. Like, I'm doing okay. Life is good here's your story that you've given to me. Like, thank you so much for being a part of my life. I got all that from just, I remember you. Like, right. I remember everything that we went through together in the short time that we were together. You know, they loved each other as much as mm-hmm. I feel like Henry definitely loved her because he's experienced love. I don't know about Addie, but um, I just thought that was really sweet that he did that for her. While reading this part, it kind of reminded me of Outlander. Because you know how, like, Claire and Jamie are only together for, like, two years. Right. And then she goes back to the future for 20 years. But this love that she had with Jamie has just been so significant that in that short two years that she just can't live a normal life with Frank that she's been with for wh- however long it was. I don't think it was very long anyway, but she's physically living with him for that next 20 years. And she's still caught up on Jamie. And so I don't know, like, I feel like if this story were to continue, I feel like Henry would just always have Addie in the back of his mind. And if they ever did cross paths again, I just... It would be endgame for them. Yeah. They were really cute together. I mean, Addie seems good with Luke. I feel like for her, at least right now, that was her endgame. Because again, she's like always talking about Luke throughout Mm -hmm. the book. What's great, though... She's only going to be around as long as Luke wants her around. And so right. this was like a loophole that she found in the wording of her curse. Now that he is in love with her and infatuated with her, he told her, I won't be able to let you go. And so now she know, and she knows Luke. She's known mm-hmm. him for 300 years. So she knows at some point she is going to piss him off or something's going to happen where he is, without knowing it, going to tell her. Like, this is done. We're over. And Mm -hmm. when it gets to that point, Addie's done, too. I think she hopes that that's going to happen. But who knows? This is a a demon who's lived however long he's ever lived. So 
you don't know if he's got 500 years of patience left. Right. So I, I think, honestly, I think that she thinks she made a good deal. But I think it's that, another Trixie. It's another long con. I think that she, well, she thinks that she's doing this long con. And I don't know. I just, I think it was a bad, uh, bad idea. This, this is kind of why I wasn't too crazy about the ending of the book. I felt like this was kind of like a cop out. She's now living with Luke and, well, she still has to, you know, be with him, but she's got a plan. She's, she's got a plan. She's going to uh, just make him hate her. I don't know. It seemed like the author ran out of ideas and was just like, <laughs> <laughs> let's do this. Hey, yeah, let's have these two characters be together, which doesn't make a lot of sense. And then, like, let's have her stick around until, you know, he's sick of her. And uh, hopefully at some point is like, hey, Addie, go to heck and get out of my face. And then she's like, did you just say go to heck? (laughs) Yeah. And then she's like, "Uh, okay, bye. And then, like, you know, her soul is gone. But I don't know. I mean... I kind of wish she had ended up with Henry, but dreams don't come true sometimes, so. I mean, I'm not, I'm okay with that part. I just feel like the idea of Addie going with Luke, what does that even mean, though? Right. That he, that she's his now? Like, they're together. Like, they're in a relationship. He, he did mention, like, he did tell her, like, oh, at this point, you're not human anymore. So, like, is she now a god? Like, is she, like, a demigod or something? It's hard to say. You know, for mythology, like, gods do have other relationships with other gods, right? Mm-hmm. And how do demigods come about? They're humans and gods having a child together. I think the thing that got me the most is that it was very confusing how this whole relationship is happening when he's just using, like, this random figure as a vessel. Right. It's really weird. It's just strange. Like, I don't understand how... It'd be like you... Putting on, like, an astronaut suit and then having sex with someone. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your skin. Yeah. it's it's It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And, again, I, I just, with all of that in mind and all of, like, the strife that he's put her through, I'm not sure why they ended up together in a relationship. I don't know. I don't know if I would call it a relationship. I I still, it's, I don't know. I think Addie made a very terrible mistake here. An entity ship. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, that's the end of that. So this was fun. I like this. This was good. But now we need to move on to our next one. So if you follow us on Instagram or any social media, you would know that the next book that we're going to be reading is It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. And we've decided that we're actually going to do this a little bit differently than this last book. Uh, We've decided that we're only going to take two weeks to finish the book, and we've actually decided that we're going to do two episodes released every other week. Um, So next week we may upload something, just a little fun, but it's not going to be related to the book it ends with us and then the next week after that we're going to discuss the whole book because i think i think we're a little long-winded make sure that you grab your copy of it ends with us by colleen hoover and we hope to see you on march 14th to discuss it and we'll obviously release the next book that we're going to be reading um 
and the week prior to that so that you can get that prepared and everything. But yeah. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can follow us at bestbudsbookclub.com. On our website, we have our different social medias linked and where you can also make recommendations to us about the next book that you want us to read. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, it's going to be Best Buds Book Club Podcast. And if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, you can find us at Best Buds Book Club. And that's that. Until next time. Peace, love, and books. Bye. Bye. If this book were to be made into a movie, who do you think would play Addie, Henry, and Luke? Ooh. Okay, hold on. Let me get my phone out. Um, let's see. I think for, um, I think for Luke, I'd like to do Robert Pattinson. You know what? I was just thinking that. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Robert Pattinson. He has to be somewhere in my mix of people mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he is. Yes. He's my dream boat, so definitely he's he's in there for sure. If he's not if he's not Luke, he's Henry. Mm, I don't know. Robert Pattinson's too old, I think. Well, at this point, I, I mean to be assuming Henry. he's like in the past. I'm thinking so. like if we were going to like make this movie tomorrow, who are we putting in? I think Luke could be played by an older person. I just think if you're going to do Henry and Addy, they do have to be younger because the struggles that Henry goes through are very specific to like a millennial i think for addy i like the girl who played in five feet apart i don't know who that is um, you think that's an addy yeah mm, that's interesting do you know who i'm talking about um i mean yeah i know what she looks like Haley lou richardson you don't think so is she like famous yeah how famous is she well she was in that movie she was in um she was in S- split you know who might be a good Addy? Yeah. Maybe Emma Stone. <laughs> Emma Stone's, I don't know. No, you know what? Keanu Reeves as Luke. No. <laughs> that would be so funny. Keanu Reeves doesn't have a soul. I mean, I guess that would make sense. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I think Haley the Richardson <gasps> would be a cute Addy. Oh, my God. Lily James is Addy. It's Lily James for me. I'm good with who I've chosen. She looks timeless. I mean, I guess, like, I mean, I love Lily James. Sure. Sure. Henry? Hmm. I'm going to have to stick with Lily James. I'm good with Robert Pattinson for Luke. Even though, I mean, he doesn't really have dark, like, black hair. <gasps> Taylor Lott. Saoirse Ronan for Addie? Oh, yeah. Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse Ronan, great. I think, would be a, what about, an amazing Addie. What about Taylor Lautner for Luke? <laughs> Why? Because he's, like, Lautner? darker skin, dark hair. Uh, I'm just, like, looking through, like, top paid actors right now. Tom Hiddleston. Oh. Tom Hiddleston is Luke. He's, he's got lucky, that, so I feel like he'd be a good He's Luke. got that really tricksy vibe to himself. And he does look good with dark hair. Who else? I feel like I just... I just feel like I can't figure out I just out had a, a Henry at the top of my head, and you said Tom Hiddleston, and I lost it. I just feel like I can't think of who I'd want as Henry. Jason Momoa, maybe, for Luke? What do you think? What are you Jason thinking? Jason Momoa? He's way too buff. <laughs> what about Ezra Miller for Henry? He plays the Flash in Justice League. Oh. 
That's a good one. Yeah, I think he'd be I, a That's a guy. really good one. I love him. Yeah, I love him, too. I think he'd be a really good one. <gasps> Tom Holland. Mm. I could see Tom Holland. I don't know. He's too too tiny. He looks like he's, like, 18. What about this guy? He's the one from <gasps> uh, Where are the Millers. Don't go chasing. Look how good he looks, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I guess I could see him. What about Eddie Red Redmayne? I was thinking that. Yeah, from he Les could Mis. Be good. I thought he'd be good. From Les Mis. He's from Les Mis. He's from Fantastic Beast first. He was in Les Mis first. Sure, if he's in Les Mis, I'm not saying like he was first in it, but like first oh, and foremost, more known for first and sure, foremost is known for I that. Saw him in in Les Mis first. I apologize. You know, I envision for B. Oh, you know who would be a good Luke? Real fast, not Luke. Yeah, Luke. Um, Timothy Chalamet, curly hair. Okay, yeah, I could see it. I could see it. He looks sneaky in that photo, too. I could see it. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. What was it? What were you going to say? For B, I feel like the Joker's girlfriend. No, she was Domino. Domino. Oh, she'd be a good B. She'd I be like... a good B. I like her. What about the guy from Stranger Things, Jonathan, as uh, Henry? You know what? He looks disheveled. Let me tell you that that's probably who I was envisioning this whole time. Really? That's, a, that's the Henry for me. Um, I think I'm good with Timothy Chalamet as Luke. He looks like a Luke. So Timothy Chalamet for me. And then it's uh, Haley Lou Richardson for Abby. And it's going to be... So did we throw Ezra Miller out? Oh, I do like Ezra Miller. I'm doing Ezra Miller for for Henry. I'm done. Okay, I've got to do Jonathan from Stranger Things. What's his real name? Charlie Heaton. And Saoirse Ronan for... It's a toss-up between Lily James and Saoirse Ronan. I feel like Saoirse Ronan would make a better Addie because I think she plays more like of a younger person. Yeah. Whereas Lily James, I feel like she's very sophisticated. I, I don't know. Addie's sophisticated, but I feel like she's childish in some ways. I don't know. It's a very it's a hard toss-up. What about the chick who plays Nancy from Stranger Things? No, absolutely she's not. Addie? not. Absolutely not. With her, her real-life boyfriend. Jonathan. I know. Isn't that thing. weird? Yeah, it's really weird. I think I'm going to have to... just looks like a hot mess. <laughs> what about Zac Efron as Luke? That that could be a good one. And Dylan O'Brien? Oh, no. What about Ansel Elgort as Henry, the guy from... who He just played in West Side Story. Oh, okay. Oh, there's such... So many good ones. Yeah. What about Pete Davidson for Henry? What about... <laughs> what I about... Pete Davidson. The guy who plays Steve from Stranger Things as Henry. That's Joe a good Curry. one. What about Sebastian Stan? Oh, he could be a good one. He could be a real good one. Yeah. Oh, and he's really cute, too. Very cute. Are you good with Sebastian Stan? I like Zach Efron. All right. That's it. I'm done. It's got to be Sebastian Stan as Luke. Okay. Sarsha Ronan. Addie, Joe Keery, Henry. Henry. <gasps> Nick Robinson. Are you kidding me? You're throwing in some good ones. Yeah, he's the best one. I love Ezra Miller, but I'm going to have to boot him out and put this, <gasps> put Nick Robinson in. You know what? Ezra Miller could be Robbie. Oh, for sure. 100%. For sure, Robbie. All right, we, sure. got, we got a him back times. in. Yep, so mine again is... Nick Robinson is Henry. 
Haley Lou Richardson as Addie and Timothy Chalamet as Luke. All right, I'm going to finally do my final. I'm going to do it. Okay. I'm going to start with the lesser characters. All right. Robbie, Ezra Miller. B, Zazie Beats. Addie, Saoirse Ronan. Luke, Sebastian Stan. Henry, Nick Robinson, for sure. What about Estelle? Meryl Streep. Obviously. I love it. Obviously. That it's was obviously that was Meryl such Streep. a that was I like it. Yeah. All right. I don't okay. even need to argue. 